0: The Neverland Podcast Zero Zero Five
1: it's The Neverland Take a start the right and
2: straight until morning.
0: And good morning, I am once again your host, Jeremy, here to sprinkle a little pixie dust, grab your nearest pixie, sprinkle it around, think some happy thoughts, and we're off to Neverland once again. Here at the Neverland Podcast, for those of you who are new, uh, we pretty much relive some childhood memories and we kind of just act like big kids again, uh, even with a few modern things. Uh, So far... With the Since this is a pretty early podcast, all we've been able to talk about has been Christmas because it was the Christmas season. But today it's going to be kind of different because, well, Christmas has unfortunately ended for another year. Uh, so now we're going to get on to what I would call pretty much business as normal. But uh, we've got something kind of special this week. Uh, we're actually going to uh, remember, uh, the, well the life and death or whatever you want to say. Uh, but this is kind of in memory of James Avery, who passed away at the age of 68 on uh, Wednesday, January the 1st. And now the reasons why we're going to remember him is because, well, he has actually granted us some pretty good childhood memories. In fact, I think most of you will always remember him for this.
3: Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised, on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood I got in one little fight and my mom got scared I said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air I whistled for a cab and when it came near The license plate said, fresh and it a dice in the mirror If anything, I could say that this cab was rare But I thought, man, forget it, Yo, home's the Bel Air I pulled to the house about seven or eight and i yelled to the cabin, your home smell you later looked at my kingdom i was finally there to sit on my throne as the prince of bel-air
0: yes indeed we most likely remember from his run from 1990 to 1996 as being Uncle Phil, the judge, uh, who took in Will Smith as the Fresh Prince uh, in a long-running six-year series there that uh, most of us probably did watch. And so to a lot of us when we heard of his passing, uh, I did notice a lot of people saying, Oh, Uncle Phil's gone! But there's a lot more to remember him for. Uh, In fact, uh, how many people remember Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling? Uh, Well, on Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, he was actually the voice of the Junkyard Dog. Now that is probably... Not the theme most of you think of when you hear of Hulk Hogan, but if you happen to see of the cartoon of Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, that was the music used, and that was actually the original music planned for Hulk Hogan, which I think was probably used only once uh, before they switched over to the Real American song, which was originally went, written for a tag team of Barry Windham and uh, Mike Rotundo. Uh, but we're not here to talk about wrestling, that's coming some other podcast. But uh, so, yeah, James Avery was the junkyard dog on that, but uh, for cartoons, there's a lot of other cartoons that he voiced but for the one we're all going to remember the most it's definitely going to have to be this one right here but you may call me the shredder that's right he was on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as the Shredder. Uh, Now, it took me a while, I think, when The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air had come on for me to actually recognize his voice. In fact, I did not at the time recognize him from being the driving, uh, well, not really instructor, but the driving examination. Did you ever see the movie License to Drive? Uh, We actually went to the drive-in theater to see that movie. Uh, But he was the examiner as well on that one, and I didn't quite recognize him later on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air being that uh, until I actually had seen the movie later on. Uh, But yeah, and uh, so we're going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles here for a while and just because it seems fitting uh to memorialize the guy that pretty much most of us uh if you were around my age this was a big part of our childhood ah it feels so good to be so bad yes indeed it did feel good to be bad i remember the first time i had seen this series uh it was oh golly well it was sometime in the 80s but uh it was during the summer, and in the morning, usually my routine, I was watching some cartoons before I went out to do whatever I was going to do on a summer day, uh, but at 8 o'clock, it was supposed to be time for the Silverhawks to come on. Now, how many of you remember the Silverhawks, uh, you know, with Quicksilver being the same voice of Lion-O from the, the Thundercats? Uh, but we'll talk about the Silverhawks probably on a later podcast, too, but I was there to watch the Silverhawks, and then suddenly, on a Monday morning, uh, on came the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it was the beginning of the miniseries.
3: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Raphael is cool, but rude. Give me a break. the is a party to in a shell. Power.
0: Now, of course, the names of the turtles goes by so quickly in the theme song that when I first saw it I was like, who what? Where you know I was trying to just catch up. Uh, and it wasn't until later on in the series that we actually learned uh, who they were and where they came from. Donatello, whose
1: simple wooden bull can disarm any adversary. Raphael, no sword on earth can withstand his side. Leonardo, his swordsmanship is unmatched. Michelangelo, Master of the Whirling Nunchakus! And Master of the Whirling Pizzas! And that is how they became the
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! Now, the actual origins of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles actually go back to a couple of guys. Uh, the concept arose from a humorous drawing sketched out by Kevin Eastman, Eastman during a casual evening brainstorming with his friend Peter Laird. Uh, then they got together and used some tax refund money uh, and developed a single issue comic. And it was, it was meant as a parody of all things, uh, it was supposed to a parody Daredevil, uh, The New Mutants. Uh, a book called Cerebus by Dave Sims, and then Frank Miller's Ronin. And uh, so it got various pro- uh, incarnations and printing companies uh, since about 1984. Uh, I actually had a, a reprint of some of the old black and white, and it was fairly different than what we were used to growing up. The version we got growing up from the cartoon was actually uh, uh, later from Mirage Studios, and where they uh, you'd find a comic adaption through the Archie comics. And so it was kind of, uh, well, it was child down, we'll just say. (laughs) Uh, Because the original Black and White was a little bit more violent, but still just as goofy and just as much fun. Uh, And there was actually some definite differences in the origin story of the Turtles compared to what they did in the 1987 television series.
1: The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. In Japan, there is a ninja clan known as The Foot. Amato Yoshi was their Shidoshi, teacher of the warrior ways of enlightenment. Yoshi was a quiet man who loved art, but one student sought to usurp his leadership of the Foot Clan. Oroku Saki. Then one day, a master sensei, a teacher, visited the Foot School, and Oroku Saki made his move.
3: Dog, bow
1: before our beloved master. So, you plot to kill our honorable sensei. Disgraceful. Mm. For this misdeed, you should be banished from the Foot Clan altogether. What say you, all-wise sensei? Oh, Zogokai, I say, throw the bomb out. In disgrace, Yoshi fled to America. Penniless, he was forced to live in the sewers, in these underground tunnels. His only friends were the rats. Until one day, some new friends came down the drain. Back in Japan, under Orokusaki's evil leadership, the Foot Clan turned into an army of crime. Stick 'em them up! Back in New York, Yoshi lived happily with his turtles and rats. But then, one day...
4: More... <gasps> so, Hamato Yoshi found the turtles covered with goo. Bingo! You get the feeling all this is starting to lead somewhere?
1: It was a powerful mutagen. It caused whoever touched it to take on the form of whatever animal they had most recently been in contact with. The turtles started becoming human. They had most recently been with Yoshi. But Yoshi had most recently been with the rats.
4: Then Hamato Yoshi is...
1: You. you gotta mind like a steel trap, lady. My four young wards nicknamed me Splinter, for obvious reasons. I, in turn, named them after my favorite Renaissance painters. I knew the outside world would consider them freaks, so I
0: trained them in the art of ninjutsu. And little, little did Splinter know that by training them in ninjutsu, they would be able to fight his ancient enemy. Once again, Orakus, Orakusaki had come back as the Shredder, paled up with a weird little brain alien named Krang uh, in a very weird technodrome. It was, it was a very odd enemy set, and pretty much most of the episodes that we remember from the syndicated original series, it was always Shredder. Shredder, Shredder, Shredder. It wasn't until eventually when the series landed on CBS uh, on Saturday mornings that suddenly some weird other villains started popping around. But if you were reading the Archie comics, which unfortunately I wasn't, uh, there were a lot of other characters and other villains that were brought in, uh, which they actually did make figures of and did sell figures, but uh, if you were like me and you were only watching the cartoon, you'd see these weird characters like Seymour Guts. I I actually had that figure. Uh, you didn't know where in the world this character came from. You'd seen, never seen him on the cartoon. But later on the CBS uh, Saturday morning version, the character did finally make an appearance, uh, which was fun for me because I actually did have that. It was the first figure that I'd gotten. Well, as things progressed on, uh, little did we know when we watched the, the animated series that this would soon become a movie. Uh, live action movie and I remember when my friends uh, had first told me about it I was just kind of in disbelief and wondering how in the world could they ever have four turtles in a movie and how in the world would they make that work but actually later that same evening I had went out to see Back to the Future Part 2 and lo and behold right in front of it was this trailer
1: Our family
0: there is definitely one thing that we can attribute to James Avery and playing the role of shredder that actually has similarities to the shredder we saw in the film. Uh, did anyone else notice that he seemed to have a bit of a similarity to, gee, I don't know, Darth Vader. I am your
4: father.
1: Don't deny your destiny. Join me.
0: Yes, indeedy. That uh, definitely reminded me of Darth Vader. But, you know, it was kind of cool because he had the same kind of thing, same sort of a helmet, same kind of a mask. So, you know, who, who knows if it was actually supposed to be Darth Vader inspired, but... Really, we saw the similarities, but that was all right. We liked it, and we always like to have a a good Shredder with a good deep voice. And, in fact, in later series, the the voice of Shredder has gone deeper and more evil and closer and closer to Darth Vader without trying to sound exactly like him. I mean, after all, he has not been wheezing or anything that I am aware of in any series. Uh, Although in this current computer animated series on Nickelodeon, he does have a burned and scarred face. Hmm, methinks thinks it's a bit too simple. Tonight I dine on turtle soup. Uh, well, okay, there's a big difference between you and Darth Vader. Is I, I've never saw Darth Vader eat any turtle soup. Uh, anyways, when that movie came out, I tell you what, there was a meteoric rise in the popularity, and turtle fans just started coming out of the woodwork. Uh, but one thing that I will always remember... Uh, I believe it was the North Kansas City Bowling Alley was the first place I'd saw it. Uh, I was staying with some friends and everything, kind of doing it overnight, and we'd gone to the bowling alley, and we looked into the arcade, and lo and behold, there was the stand-up four-player Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game in all of its glory. When this was being ported onto the Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, there already had been a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game previously, and it was okay. I never beat it without a Game Genie. It was really ridiculously difficult and had a lot of ridiculous enemies that you end up fighting in it that uh, you would never see in the cartoon. Uh, but then they did what they called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Now, when I first heard about this, uh, it was after the time that Nintendo had released. Uh, I forgot what they called it, but it was you, it was enabling you to go up to four players on a Nintendo game, and there were just a few select games that they started putting out to have four players. Well, when I heard about this arcade game coming home, I figured oh, awesome, it will be four players and you can play with all four turtles. Yeah, no such luck. The home version of this game was, uh, was laughable, but it was still fun to play and we still got a kick out of it. Uh, the basic setup, though, was instead of just walking up and battling an enemy by constantly hitting the attack button, you you would have one hit, then they'd hit you, and then you could hit them the second time and defeat that foot soldier. Uh, so what basically you'd end up doing is you practiced and learned how to do the jump followed very quickly and immediately by the attack button and what we called the jump swing. So you would jump up and knock out that uh, that one foot soldier in one blow. That way you wouldn't get hit in the process. Either that or you'd have to start jump kicking everything and that just took forever. Uh, <laughs> And I, it took me a while to figure out that that was the the nail of things until I was playing with a friend of mine, and I was going and fighting it out and taking the punches, and he was just jump-kicking all over the place and survived longer than I did, although I did take out more foot soldiers than he did. Uh, but, yeah, that was kind of a bad game mechanic, but it was still very fun to play because it was still Ninja Turtles, and it was still everything in our world pretty much when we were that age uh, until, you know— the next big thing would come along anyway. Uh, But, you know, they didn't stop with just one game. In fact, uh, they did make a second one. And the second one had an opening theme song uh, that actually had been taken from a live tour that went around and an album that actually I did have, uh, an album that was actually sponsored by Pizza Hut. And if you went to Pizza Hut, you could get this album. It was called Coming Out of Our Shells. And uh, it had a theme song that, like I said, was used in... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the Turtles in Time, and the theme song was something like this. So this had an entire album of turtle-themed songs that were actually pretty good musically. It wasn't bad. It was pretty ridiculous, and obviously I do still have a copy. Uh, <laughs> I would make this available to you on iTunes, but I can't seem to find it on iTunes. But I'm sure if you shop Amazon, uh, you'd probably find it. I would have a link on Amazon, but uh, Amazon has issues currently with uh, my home state of Missouri. Uh, debating something over internet tax, and I'm not going to get into it here. Uh But, okay, now, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, of course, being the first movie so successful, of course, they had to make a sequel movie as well. And, well, let's just say there's one very famous song, and I bet you might just dare me to play this thing, but you may regret it. But you know what? I'm going to play it anyway because we're all going to laugh together on this one. I guarantee it. Okay, 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 enough of that, enough of that, enough of that. <laughs> we can't sit and listen to that one. There's there's much better music that I can play for you that was in a Turtle movie. And if actually, uh, of all things, this one ended up being a really big hit, at least where I'm from, on local radio stations. They used to have on a, on a local station, it was a pop station, uh, they would play pretty much everything from, like, you know, Guns N' Roses to uh, uh, New Kids on the Block even. Uh, they played everything. Uh, but they actually would have on the evenings – They'd have a competition between two songs and they'd have a champion song that would go up and by people calling in uh, either the champion song or a new challenger song would continue on to be played for the next night. Uh, So this is actually the first way that I heard this song was during that competition. And this song stuck around for quite a few weeks and it went a little something like this.
3: the half-shell,
2: they're the heroes for In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high, with buggings mysterious All police and detectives are furious Cause they can't find the source Of this lethally evil force This reporter was hot on the trail, determined to put these crooks in jail. She spied the bad guys and saw what happened, but before she knew it, she fell in a trap and got caught. Yeah, she was all alone, with no friends and no phone. Now this was beyond her worst dreams, cause she was cornered by some wayward teens. Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided unloved, love, they called them the foot. They could terrorize and be angry. And they'd mug the people who needed proof Then from out of the dark came an awesome sound. Shout a cowabunga as they hit the ground. From the field of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower because they possess turtle power right, that's turtle power. Heroes on a half shell, they're on a mission. When there's a battle, got the enemy wishing that they stayed at home. Instead of fighting these ninja masters with moves like lightning. They were once normal, but now the mutants. Splinter's the teacher, so they are the students. Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello make up the team with one other fellow, Raphael. He's the leader of the group, transformed from the norm by the nuclear group. Pizza's the food that's sure to please. These ninjas are into pepperoni and cheese. Back to the story, it's not hard to find. Ninjas not just of the body, but of the mind. That the master instructed But a letter from Shredder Had Splinter abducted That was the last straw Spring into action Step on the foot Now they're gonna lose traction Now this is for real So you fight for justice Your shell is hard So you shout They can't dust us off. Like some old coffee table. Since you've been born, you've been willing and able to defeat the sneak. Protect the weak. Fight for rights and your freedom to speak. Now the villain is chilling, so you make a stand. Back to the wall, put your sword in your hand. Remember the words of your teacher, your master. Evil moves fast, but good moves faster than light. Shining for your illumination. Good versus evil equals confrontation. So when you're in trouble, don't give in and go sour. Try to rely on your true power.
0: Now, at the mere mention of this song, my buddy Phil, who you've heard on an earlier podcast, can start reciting these lyrics and rapping it right along. Not too bad for a white guy, too. (laughs) So this song actually still holds a good, solemn place in our hearts, even though I don't really listen to rap music and everything anymore. But that was just – it was just a fun song, and it really brings back a lot of good childhood memories every time I fire that thing up. Uh, Well – I think I could probably just go on and on for probably a few hours, and this could be a couple hours long podcast, and you guys wouldn't mind that so much if I find enough turtle stuff to talk about for a couple of hours. I mean, they did have extended series and, uh, and things like that going on.
4: Me, Shredder, wants to have a little talk with you.
0: Um, I I, I seem to have a bit of a problem here in studio. Uh, All right, buddy, just
4: come along, peace, buddy
0: um i i can't come along right now i mean i'll be i'll be as peaceful as you want uh but i haven't gotten to share any of the uh the really cheesy dialogue that we all loved about the old uh you know teenage mutant ninja turtle show uh lines like these we turtles don't know the meaning of the word defeat that's right we never bothered to look it up in the dictionary
4: you don't know what it's like living in a place where everybody wants to do you in just for the crime of being young. Okay, buddy, you're coming with
0: us. I told you guys I'll, I'll, I'll come and have a nice little word with the Shredder. You know, that really makes me think about something I heard April O'Neil say once. Crime.
4: It's something we take for granted. It's simply a day-to-day fact of life in the big city. But occasionally, a crime occurs so baffling that even we city dwellers sit up and take notice. Three scientific equipment companies, three robberies, and what was stolen?
3: Two positron accelerators, four reverse flux polarity indicators, and uh, one parabolic sine wave generator. And
4: what does all that equipment do?
3: I have absolutely no idea.
4: But although the missing goods are high-tech, the method by which they were stolen is not.
1: These incisions could only have been made with a samurai sword. And look at this rope. This can only be the work of ninjas, the ancient band of Japanese warriors. And
4: how can you tell that from the rope, Professor?
1: Well, look for yourself. It's made in Japan.
4: Ninjas, a thousand-year-old clan of assassins. Is it possible they're here in the city? We're at Technology Central to answer that question, for it may be the next target of these mysterious burglars. I'll report as soon as anything develops. April O'Neill, happy hour news. Back to you, Jeff. Don't make this any on yourself.
0: Okay, uh, these uh, weird little robot guys are getting pretty insistent here in the studio. Um, uh, I'm going to try to stick around as long as I can, although they're cutting, and cutting. And They've got these weird um, tentacle things. They keep waving at me.
4: Just come along quietly
0: and you won't get hurt. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've probably heard that before. Um, but I, I think I better wrap this up. Well, as you all know, you can at any time visit the NeverlandPodcast.com. Well, actually, just NeverlandPodcast.com. Uh, remove the the. I know it's a little confusing, but, yeah, that's what I went with. Uh, also, please send us an email send your emails to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com where you can send stories of your childhood that you would like to share or maybe some topics that you would like to have discussed that that bring back some childhood memories for you or just drop a line and let me know what you think about the show. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook uh, at The Neverland Podcast. Also find me on Twitter at neverlandpcast.com. Also I'd like to remind you that our show is available on iTunes as well as Stitcher Radio. Uh, You can of course, leave a very nice review for me, and I'll be very happy about it. So yeah, leave me a review, leave me some stars. It does help the algorithms out and uh, helps a few more people find the Neverland podcast. Also, when you visit the Neverland podcast and you look at the show notes, uh, there are links that I put there uh, of where the various songs that I that I play for you and you know other videos that are related to this. I I put a link over on iTunes, so you can go and purchase that yourself, and that does help out the show. Uh, so please feel free to visit the website uh, and. Go through the iTunes, and uh, you can relive some of these memories anytime you like. But I definitely do invite you to come back next week. Uh, I'm keeping pretty loose here on this show. It seems that whenever I make a plan, something happens, and I tend to change my mind. Uh, So I can't tell you exactly what we're going to talk about next week. All I can say is we're going to have an awful lot of fun because there's lots of adventures left to have here at Neverland. But just remember always to remember to... You know, keep that good attitude. Attitude. Keep that childlike innocence somewhere in you, and learn to have a little bit of fun. It makes your adult life go a lot easier. And uh, until next time, I think I better go with these guys. Well, all right. Well, I'll, I'll see you next week, provided um, uh, these robots don't do anything too terrible to me. We'll see you next week. Sorry for the
4: disturbance, folks. Have a pleasant.